Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell and I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs and I've been in business since 1994. The purpose of this podcast is to get to what really works and what doesn't work using scientific knowledge because sadly people, there's too many hacks out there leading people in the wrong direction. And I don't want that. I've got some pretty darn exciting news today. But before I get to that, I would like to thank our very first sponsors, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden at the Gilden Group of Realty Pros. They currently have over 275 star reviews on Zillow, and they are consummate professionals in their field. And I think that is just so important Jonathan has an actual degree in real estate from Florida State University, and Lynn has her master's degree in business. I think that is really important. That is my belief. Now for the exciting news. I know you want me to get to how do we get better at sex. I know you can't wait because that is what this podcast is about, sort of, but first the very exciting news. We have a new sponsor, Overhead Door Company of Daytona Beach, Jeff Hawk and Zach Hawk, the owners I've known for a really long time. I've really wanted to uh, get them as sponsors because I believe in their work so much, and that's so important. So that's exciting to me. So we're bringing on a new partnership. They're going to be sponsoring this podcast along with our wonderful friends, the Gildans. And, uh, you know, I have known Jeff for close to 30 years. And what's really cool is he started training with me years and years ago before his son was even born. And now his son is training with us. And that is pretty cool. And I'm telling you what, everybody knows this. There's no better garage door company in the area than overhead door. And we all know that that's just a fact, but I'm going to state it here And I'm going to put all of their information in the show notes along with the Gildans. All right. So speaking of getting better in our sexuality. All right. So that was really a teaser title. All right. That's hardly anything what this podcast is going to be about. But I was kind of joking around with a friend of mine saying, you know, it just seems like people just click on smut and whatever, not that sex is smut, but they just click on whatever, you know, looks appealing. You know, we know that that's called clickbait. And I made a joke saying, I'm going to title this podcast that, and I'm going to watch the downloads triple, unfortunately. Not that it's such a bad title, right? Not that there's anything wrong with it, but, you know, really it's just kind of like, well, if I put out there, this is how to make a better you through exercise. I mean, My loyal followers are going to click on it because they want to know that. But sadly, a lot in the general population, that just doesn't turn them on. You know, no pun intended. You know, they're just, uh, they they need something different. So maybe if they see this and get into it, they'll see what this is about. But it's not completely a deception because I do want to talk about stamina and endurance a little bit today. And uh, there's a... um, a slogan I've liked to use through the years in exercise physiology. And as I said, method to the madness that says, 
don't let the tail wag the dog. And what that means is, are we using some of the performance parameters to dictate our exercise intensity? And really today I'm most notably talking about aerobic cardiorespiratory exercise. So are we letting the tail wag the dog there? And what that means is that if we're using, say, performance parameters such as miles per hour on a bicycle or maybe uh, clock times in the pool or with running pace per mile or miles per hour on the treadmill, I mean, that's not bad, but we're kind of letting the tail wag the dog a little bit. And what that means is that if we are going by pace, we may not be going at the intensity we should be going at for that particular day. All right. So in exercise physiology and exercise science, we use what is called an exercise prescription. And typically that means that the workout is broken down into fit, F-I-T-T. Kind of cool, right? It makes it easy to remember. But what that stands for is frequency, intensity, time, and type. That way we can get a little bit more objective with our exercise. So in the realm of intensity, the only absolute intensity we can really use in exercise science is VO2 max for cardio. That's it. I mean, as far as absolute, absolute means pure in this case, VO2 max, which stands for the amount of volumes of liter of oxygen the body can produce in a minute. Now, we can't regulate that, right? We can't identify that unless we're hooked up to a VO2 max test where we're breathing into a mask and all of the carbon dioxide is being traced leaving your system and all of the oxygen is being traced coming into your system. There's no way, right? And we're not out there with VO2 max um, testing kits on us as we exercise. So that is just not practical, but that is the only absolute way to measure cardiorespiratory intensity. Now, exercise scientists years ago, over 30 years ago, decided that because there is an exact linear relationship between VO2 max and heart rate, that we can use heart rate as an indirect measurement of cardiorespiratory intensity. All right. So what that means is that as the VO2 max or volume of oxygen is rising on a linear upward path, if you're increasing intensity, the heart rate is linear parallel to the same line as the VO2. So heart rate can be used as an absolute reflection of VO2 max. Now, reflection is a very, very key word because we have to be in motion. It's really about the respiration rate that's getting up, hence VO2 max. So if you are having a panic attack, for example, you'll know that your heart rate is escalating into the 140, 150 range maybe, or higher or lower, depending on your age. Someone once said literally in one of my classes, and it by no means was a dumb question because a lot of people were 
sitting around waiting for the professor to answer. And they said, so am I getting an aerobic workout? Because my heart rate's in my heart rate zone. Teacher said, well, no, because it's a reflection that's not correlated to with what's going on in the body with the respiration rate. But when you are exercising, obviously the respiration rate is up. And so the heart rate can be used as a direct reflection. So this means that target heart rates were developed over 30 years ago. Now there are two ways to use target heart rates. There is what is called heart rate max formula, and that is basically 220 minus your age for the estimated version, or if you actually have a maximum heart rate test done, that can be determined because there is a little bit of error with the 220 minus your age formula. As a matter of fact, there's a 15 point standard deviation, which means it could be off by 30 beats one direction or the other. So that's some error, but it's darn sure better than not using any with that. Okay. But that error gets a little bit corrected when we use what is called heart rate reserve and heart rate reserve means that you're using the same maximum heart rate, whether you used it via estimated or actual test, but now you're factoring in your personal resting heart rate. So that makes this more personal. Now, the cool thing is on Apple watches, I notice they do the math for you because they know your at least estimated maximum heart rate based on your age that you plugged in when you set your watch up. It also is always calculating your resting heart rate. So it's setting up your zones for you. You'll see zone one, zone two, zone three, zone four, zone five. That's pretty cool. But if you don't have that, and I'm just going to tell you the math real quick, because it's not the purpose of the method to the madness today. The purpose is to get you to understand, don't let the tail wag the dog, make sure the dog is wagging the tail. But the way we would do it then is subtract out our resting heart rate from our max heart rate, and then multiply that by different percentage points based on your zones. For example, either 65%, 75%, 85%, or 95%. Then you would add back in your resting heart rate and you would have your five zones. Again, that's something I would have to work out for you or I can just simply send you the formula. It's not like it's complicated. It's just, I know you're listening and it's very hard to say, what did he just say? The point is there's two target heart rates we can use. One of them is max heart rate, where you just simply multiply the number by whatever you come up with, with max heart rate, and you have your number. The next is you're using your resting heart rate, which is more accurate because it's using personal information. So it helps offset a little bit of that maximal heart rate equation that might be a little off. Okay. I know it's complicated, or at least sounds complicated, or at least I made it complicated. But the bottom line is using heart rate is a great way to make sure that the dog is wagging the tail. Because if you know you should train at a certain percentage point, all right, and there's different percentages that we get the most out of. For example, for most people, 75% or so of their heart rate reserve is going to be the stimulus needed to improve their cardiorespiratory endurance, 75%. Now for endurance athletes, they probably need to be closer to 85% 
to make continued improvement. So rather than say, I've got to run certain intervals at a certain time based on my last 5K time, which can be very, very, very subjective, right? Because let's just say that that's an eight minute mile. You're trying to shoot for an eight minute mile. So the eight minute mile becomes your target pace in your intervals. Now an eight minute mile can feel one way if you have a tailwind, if it's a flat course, if the humidity is certain, very low, if the temperature's lower, an eight minute mile is gonna feel one way. An eight minute mile is gonna feel far different if there's a headwind, a slight incline, humidity at 99% like it often is in Florida, and the temperature's starting out at 80 degrees at 6 a.m. Very big difference, but you know it's not different if you said you're gonna train at 85% of your heart rate reserve or 85% of your VO2 max or 90% of your heart rate max. All those things are equal to each other, all right? Because then it doesn't matter if it's human. Are you gonna be going slower? Yes, but the effect on your body is gonna be the same and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to train the body. So a seven minute mile, an eight minute mile might be very different based on the conditions, but 85% is 85%. And it also forces you to listen to your body because maybe your legs are tired. Maybe you're tired. So when you're at 85%, you might not be at your best, but you are still getting the training effect desired because it is what your body knows. All right. So if we really want to improve our cardio, we need to think about using true objective measures that are, is going to help us do that. And the same is for when you're trying to shoot for better health. For example, the American College of Sports Medicine says that you're going to get a training effect if you exercise for at least 150 minutes a week of moderate activity. I've talked about that a lot. 150 minutes a week of moderate activity. So what is moderate to them? Well, moderate is three to six METs, which you're like, what the heck is that? And that stands for metabolic equivalence. One MET is one times your metabolism. And guess what? You're gonna have no clue what that is unless you're actually on an indoor, treadmill or life cycle that tells you METs. So that piece of information is useless, right? But it also goes on to say, or 40 to 60% of your heart rate reserve, all right? That's considered moderate. So now if you say, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, and you're wearing your trusty Apple Watch or something like that, that has your zone set up for you already, or you've set them up, or you've let a trained professional set it up for you, you can simply go out and do your 30 minutes five times a week at your moderate intensity, and then you're guaranteed to be getting the training effect rather than guesswork, all right? So all of these things are already designed for you. So that is very important to understand that we don't want to let the tail wag the dog. We want to make sure that the dog 
wags the tail and we're effectively using target heart rate. All right. It's very important to have a trained professional help you, period. And yes, I just realized I said period. That shows, uh, shows us how much I talk text. Anyway, so we want to make sure that what we're doing is advised by a trained professional. There's too many people out there on Instagram and all these influencers that are trying to basically act like fitness professionals and they're not. And how you know this is if they're actually telling you science versus telling you what they do. All right. This is going to be one of my agendas this week because I just think it's really important. I'm getting more and more disgusted with my industry not having trained professionals working in it. Um, there's only four accredited certifications out there, and they are the American College of Sports Medicine, the National Strength Conditioning Association, ACE, which is the American Council on Exercise, and NASM, National Academy of Sports Medicine. Those are accredited certifications. They're not just like internet courses that you take really quick. We have to make sure that we have more professionals in the industry so you can get the real advice you need because I want everybody to exercise and I want everybody to get the fruits of the exercise. I want them to enjoy it. It really, really works. And I think the more professionals we have out there telling you what to do, you're going to find that it's not as complicated as the hacks are making it out to be. It's really not. You think that the scientists are going to make it more challenging, but the reality is we're not. We're telling you that it's not as complicated as these people doing these silly, silly, silly workouts that look so freaking complicated that how do they expect people to do some of the floor exercises they're doing, which are completely unnecessary. Trained by science, people. Trained by science, all right? So again, I want to thank both sponsors, the Gildan Group and Overhead Door Company. I will put all of their information in the show notes and really have a good day. I hope you had some fun with this like I did. And I'm sorry to disappoint you if I didn't uh, really answer how we can get better in bed. But you know what? At least I told you how to get more stamina. All right. BMAX Fit, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you.